0: Good morning, everyone. It is August 20th, and it is just after 7, 7.02. Woke up earlier today, uh, mostly because I got home from Worldcon Saturday evening and went to bed by 10 uh, and <laughs> slept till 8.30, so that was a nice long stretch. And then I, uh, last night we were both fading by about 9.30, so I was asleep by about a quarter to ten last night, so today I woke up at 5.30, bright-eyed, (laughs) bushy-tailed, well, more or less, but I, uh, had a run. The passageway of doom was easier today because I've been out here once already, it's, um, a cool morning. It's kind of a little cloudy. We had some weather come in last night. Kind of a cold front. We didn't get any rain, but it's only about 60 degrees right now and a little tumultuous. Kind of one of those tumbling breezes. So both kitties were really wanting out because this kind of weather is excellent predator weather. Um, predators love it when it's a little dim like this. And moist because it's easier to be quiet, and a little bit of a breeze makes it easier to disguise their approach. And so, it is both enticing to the kitties who believe that they are apex predators of their own particular kingdom, which they're not, (laughs) and also it's dangerous for them to be out because there are so many actual excuse me, apex predators out and about, like coyotes and bobcats, so I have a little bit of um, sinus crud or something from the convention. A couple of my friends were, Kelly was, Kelly Robson, who was on the podcast last week, uh, was feeling kind of icky and not feeling good, so I may have, might be fighting that off. I don't think I'm sick. I just uh, might account for some of the long sleep more than catching up. Yep. Monday morning, you'll be able to hear the garbage truck going by there. All right, first sip of coffee. Mm. That's good. When I'm traveling, I do Starbucks most of the time, so it's kind of nice to have my own coffee again. So today is back at it. A lot of writing to get done this week. Um, My birthday, my actual birthday, the day of my birthday is Wednesday, and I was thinking about taking it off, but now I'm thinking I won't, I think I'll just write, because the reason I specify it as being actual birthday, is Sunday, we're going to head up to Crested Butte, and spend a couple of days there with my family, because it's also my aunt's birthday, and my stepdad's birthday, oh, we're all like within five days of each other, uh. And so that will be the birthday celebration. So we'll see. I have some potential plans shaping up for Wednesday. Um, But I don't know exactly what's going to happen. What? Let's see. I I put Jackson out here and back with me if I wasn't clear about that. So that way he would be safe. And now what? You're hung up? You're not hung up. Oh, well, you were a little hung up. He gets his rope caught on plants. Yeah, you're fine. So, what was I saying? I'm still a little foggy. Hopefully, I'll be able to get good writing done. Sometimes it doesn't matter if I'm foggy for the writing. I can. Um, sometimes it's better that way. And sort of take off the conscious control brakes and just let that. Subconscious story flow. Phew. Uh, Well, I don't remember what I was saying. That's really sad. You guys are probably all trying to remind me, but I can't hear you. Well, so I'm thinking about that I need to get... Oh, I was talking about Wednesday night. Yes, that's right. Thank you. I did hear you. Um. (laughs) So Wednesday night, um, there's going to be a gig at the Jean Cocteau Theater, which is the one that George R. R. Martin rehabbed, and he brings in SFF authors from time to time. And Wednesday night, there's going to be uh, John Scalzi and Mary Robinette Kowal. And Dorinda is talking about coming up here for it. And Minerva is talking about coming down here for it. Dorinda's birthday is tomorrow. She's the 21st. So we're thinking about uh, doing like the writer fun evening and going out to dinner and stuff. So uh, we need to get plans for that together. And then, well, probably today, huh? We were sort of waiting for after Worldcon. Uh, and this Saturday is Bubonic Con in Albuquerque, which is a sort of small, local SFF convention. So, I'm sure what, you know, part of Dorinda's plan is, is she has to come up from southern New Mexico anyway. So, she thought she might come up to Cocteau, and then she has to be at Bubonicon on Friday. I don't have to be there till Saturday. I don't have any panels or sessions until Saturday. So, I'm taking full advantage of that and planning to work on Friday. But, I'm thinking John and Mary, they were at Worldcon starting at least on Thursday. Yeah. Well, I saw Mary on Thursday. And so they're probably, you know, being Worldcon being in San Jose, they're just staying on this side of the country, coming to Santa Fe from there. And then they're supposed to be at what was that, Bubonicon, so they'll be down at Bubonicon and then go home. I'm sure that uh, George set up this gig with them. Partly because of this, since they were going to be here, you know, might as well just stay here all week. But boy, that would be a long time to be away. I don't envy them that. There's our garbage truck right outside at the driveway there. I'll wander away from it so it's not quite so loud. Cause it's kind of a moist cool morning too the sound is really carrying. guess I could check on the cats while I'm at it. Jackson has gone back inside apparently not at all satisfied. What are you doing? Why would you go back in? Because you want to go out front? Well you have to wait. Isabel come here. Why don't you come outside? She's looking longingly out front too. You're wondering what I'm doing? Come on, come outside. The door's open. You like coming out back. <laughs> so anyway, I had planned to um, ask Mary and John while when I saw them at Worldcon if they would like to have dinner or brunch or tea or something while they're in town. And I saw Mary twice, but didn't get to talk to her, once she was with a group of people and talking. And the other time it was at the Sefwa business meeting, and they actually moved her up on the agenda to say her spiel, because she had to leave to go meet her agent. And then I didn't see her after that, and I never saw But, you know, Worldcon is a big convention, and it's really spread out. So it's not that weird that you don't see people. So anyway, I've emailed Mary to see what she wants to do. And uh, I don't expect her to reply very fast because she's still... The Hugo Awards were last night, and then the convention still goes partly today. And I know she has things on tap for today. So... I know I wouldn't be looking at my email. So I'll have to touch base with Dorinda and find out what her plans are. So, Worldcon. I did a blog post yesterday talking about... Um, <clears throat> the theme was being proud of... What what part, what about your writing are you most proud of? And I said that I was proud of being that my writing is different. Which is... I guess, you know, I, I talked about this in the blog post, so sorry if I'm reiterating. But, you know, it's always an interesting thing when you see yourself as being, you know, not... Ugh, I have trouble thinking of the words. You know, like at my autographing, which I knew was not going to be a brilliant autographing because I've done autographings at WorldCon before... And for the most part, it's really just not my audience, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I've done autograph things where I'm there with other authors who are more famous than I am before. And usually it's kind of fun when you get to autograph with someone really famous because you get to talk to them, and maybe even fangirl a little bit. So I was kind of excited to see that I was on at the same time as Shannon McGuire because I thought, oh, cool, because, you know, I glommed her October Day series, and uh, I thought, well, I'll have a chance at least to chat with Shannon. (laughs) No! (laughs) She was, I mean, I thought even in the, like, few minutes before we got started, you know, usually you get a a few minutes to chat, but um, I got there early. I got there, like, ten minutes early and was prepared to sort of wander around until they were ready for me, because they have like one set of signing tables, and they rotate different authors through, you know, like each hour, so they have like a set of four, uh, but whoever had been there before me had already bailed, and they were ready for me, so I was getting ready to sit down, and I look over, and Shannon is not only over there at her seat, she's already signing, and she's got a line of probably 50 people, so, and she signed non-stop the whole time. In fact, I was wondering what they were going to do if uh, her line went longer than her hour, but it actually worked out just perfectly. But, uh, yeah. She is a busy lady, so I never did get to fangirl her. Huh? I'll have to do it some other time. I'm sure that it's a tremendous loss on her part. She was like, damn, I was waiting for Jeffy to fangirl me. But, uh, so anyway, WorldCon's kind of weird that way because, uh, you know, you do have people who are super famous, uh, and ones who are very popular within that particular fandom. Uh, and then it's also incredibly spread out. So you really, there, there were a lot of people there who I'm friends with who I never laid eyes on. I just <laughs> didn't see the whole time, uh. Really the best part of the convention, for me anyway, was uh, the CEFWA suite, which was a set of two rooms on the same floor where I was staying. Uh, and they'd done that deliberately. They'd tried to put as many CEFWA board members and volunteers on the same floor as the CEFWA suite so that we wouldn't complain about noise. That's part of our volunteer onus, is that we get to hear the party noise and uh, ignore it. Of course, most of us are in the suite anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, and my room was quite far from the suites, so it was no problem. And actually, the, the Fairmont, I stayed at the Fairmont San Jose, and it was really very nice, very quiet, and um, I did not hear much noise from at all from the other rooms. So, the chef was sweet, you know, it's stocked with food, and it's open from like 8 in the morning until 1 a.m., food and booze, although we drank all of the booze the very first night, that was interesting, had to put out a plea for donations, which was kind of amusing because we did get like $400 worth of donations almost immediately, and in in Suffolk, we have a form where you can, you know, sort of give a donation at any time, and we have a, one of the check boxes is, you know, like you could designate your donation to go to this Program or that program, and we also have one that's where the need is greatest, and uh, a couple of the people who had donated for booze had checked where the need is greatest and wrote in booze <laughs> because obviously this is where the need is greatest. But you know, when it's compared to paying prices at the hotel bar, um, that's that's not bad at all. So uh, hanging out, the stuff was sweet, was great because I got to talk to. A lot of people there um, but you know of course it's only the people who come there so if someone doesn't come like Mary and John never showed up there when I was there anyway you know it's hit or miss uh, you know you know then maybe you don't see them because the convention center is so enormous so probably for future world cons I'll have to make an effort to schedule appointments with people I really want to see because it is in Dublin next year, and I, I think I, I I talked with the Dublin people. They had a little party, and I got the info. So I think I'm going to have to start trying to line that up. Um, one of the nice things in the Ceph was sweet was I met a gal, uh, Kara Lockhart is her pen name, and she uh, as soon as I walked in she fangirled me. So that's always. Uh, a lovely thing and told me how much she loves my books. And she's writing a series. So I got a sample of one of those and I'm going to check it out and I'll let you know what I think. But um, she if you want to check her out, it's K-A-R-A-L-O-C-K-H-A-R-T-E. Um, see what she's doing. I think it's Paranormal Romance. And... I'm trying to think of what else. I learned a lot of very interesting gossip. And I, I'll share this piece with you, that there was an agent. Um, I, th- I think this is common knowledge, but I'll leave names out because I'm not sure it matters. Uh, well, her, her agency was called Lupin Grove Agency. And I think her name is Michelle Smith. I may not be 100% on that, but I think that's right. Uh, and she used to be an agent at my previous agency at Fuse, or rather an assistant agent. And then she left and went on to another agency, and then she opened her own agency, Loop and Grove, and she had some had another agent working for her. And anyway, it has come out, and I think this is pretty well established because she's uh, facing lawsuits, that she was lying to her clients about deals that she had made. She had told her clients that she had, that their books had gone to auction, uh, which means that several publishers are bidding on buying a particular book or series, uh, when she hadn't even sent them out on submission at all. Uh, She had told her clients that at least one, I don't know, it was told to be in plural, but I don't know if it was just one or more, that they'd gotten a $50,000 two book deal when the book had not even gone out on submission. And so, you know, not only are these poor authors now scrambling because they have no idea who their books were ever seen by, if at all, but then there are other authors that apparently she did make legit deals for, um, authors who, you know, like had deals on the table. They'd already received an offer and then... Uh, signed with her to negotiate the deal with them, so it's not clear at all where that money is going. Because typically the way that works is, you know, like Sarah made the deal with St. Martin's for me. Sarah pays, uh, or Sarah, N- St. Martin pays Nancy O's literary agency. They take their fifteen percent, and then they hand, and then they send me a check for the rest of the money. Uh, and this is very standard practice. Well, you know, so all of this money is passing through a now defunct agency and with an agent who's under litigation and probably owes all kinds of money. So it's not at all clear what will happen. So, you know, the moral of this story is really, I mean, to some extent, you know, if somebody's going to cheat, you know, you're going to have your, uh, your burning Madoffs are going to cheat you and there's not much you can do about it when you run into a real thief. Um, so that part of the business you have to offer up and accept that, you know, sometimes you that happens just like you might get in a car wreck or, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, random chance brings bad luck into your life. But otherwise, with agents, you know, do your due gil- diligence, which means... You know, not just looking them up on query tracker, which is a good resource, but you know the public facing information is a lot of times going to be the information that they want you to have um, and some uh, especially the more nefarious agents relentlessly groom that, and if people put up information to the contrary, they'll intimidate intimidate them into taking it down and I know of cases where that's happened so what you need to do is you need to ask other authors. Um, at, you know, ask for advice and say, hey, does anybody know about this person? And ask to chat with them if they're willing. Most are going to be willing. And if you meet a mean one, just forget it. You know, ignore them. Some people are grumpy. Uh, but find someone who's willing to talk to you, preferably on the phone, because people will tell you things via voice that they won't tell you via email or any other recorded medium. And you know, say, okay, what's the scuttlebutt on this author? What are they like? And pay attention uh, to you know, whether or not they've made legitimate sales and for whom. And if they have taken anybody who's never been published before and actually made a deal for them um, and what the editors think about them. If you have an offer on a table from an editor, ask them for recommendations of an agent to negotiate it for you. Most of them will tell you. You know, some will be grumpy about it and say, oh, well, you don't need an agent. And just ignore that. Say, well, you feel more comfortable. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's like, um, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, you know, like finding a good psychiatrist or finding a good CPA, you know, someone who's going to handle your money. You're going to ask around and find out who's, who you can trust and who you can't. Uh, You know, and people will say, "Eh, well, I don't know about her because, you know, or someone might say, well, I heard that he just doesn't work very hard. And that's important information. It's very easy when you're a new author uh, because you've tried for so long to get an agent and get published that when an agent offers for you, it's dazzling. It's dazzling. It's like being the 23-year-old virgin wallflower who has never been asked on a date or to dance before in her life. And the first person who asks you to dance, you're like, Yes, a thousand times yes. And you know what? It's just not always um something you should say yes to. So that's my cautionary tale for today. That was one of the juicier bits of gossip from WorldCon. Um or at least that I can tell you. Uh, I have the juiciest bits of gossip, of course, are related in the bar and uh, are... Well, here's here's a bit I can share with you, um, and it's not really gossip because she gave a program, but Liz Gorinsky, um, who used to be an editor at Tor and has left now, she is opening her own imprint, which is an interesting thing. It's going to be called... Erewhon, which is nowhere backwards for whichever reason, but it's going to be a sci-fi fantasy imprint. So keep your eyes open for that. And other than that, that's been a little bit of a long podcast today. I am going to go on my way and see if I can get some work done. Think good thoughts from me. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.